Well, good morning, Coastal. How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay, okay. I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna teach you something here real quick. It's gonna help you. Okay. Uh, we're we're in Christmas season. So when when somebody says Merry Christmas to you, what should you say back? Okay, so that's true. Merry Christmas, y'all. Perfect, perfect. I'm glad, glad we got that solved. We can just go home now, you know. So uh, anyways, we're glad that you're here with us. My name's TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I, I, I'm pumped for today. Uh, a, a couple things kind of before we, we dive in. Uh, first thing is, is last weekend we did our immeasurably more offering, and I've had questions this week. Hey, I missed last week. Can we still give? Yes, you can. There's blue envelopes in your worship guide. You can still do that. You can do it online, do all those things. We'll let you know in January what, what happened with all the that. Uh, secondly, is, is uh, we have our Christmas Eve services happening next Sunday. And so, uh, so everybody say, next Sunday. Listen, do not show up at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock, okay? You show up at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. next Sunday, you're going to be here with our setup team, okay? Because you're going to be setting up Christmas Eve. Because our Christmas Eve services are at Three, five, and seven o'clock. They're right here at Monarch High School. I want to encourage you, come out. We, we have a crazy, crazy Christmas Eve services planned for you guys. I, I, I believe that God's going to show up in incredible ways. And so keep inviting people. Uh, actually, Josh and Andrea's son, uh, Andrea, stand up. Stand, Marshall, stand up. Come here. Come here, dude. Can I, can I borrow you real quick? Okay. Okay. Marshall, Marshall and his little sister, Ember, invited 30 people yesterday to Christmas Eve. Anybody got Marshall beat so far? What's up with that? Marshall, dude, you know what? You're a stud. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? Um, dude, this is a $100 Visa gift card because you're doing so awesome at inviting people. Keep it up. Somebody else was like, dang, I should have invited some people. I needed $100. <laughs> maybe next week. Maybe. You never know. You, ne you just never, you never know. You just sometimes never know. So I just want to encourage you. Invite, invite some people. It, it might be the miracle they need in their life. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, for like the first time ever in my life, I'm excited about Christmas. Uh, I, I'm not normally a Christmas guy. My wife and I, we're Thanksgiving people. Uh, we love Thanksgiving. Where are my Thanksgiving people at? Yeah, yeah. We th these are all the foodies. Uh, we like food. We don't like gifts. We like we like wait, wait. We're big wait fans. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm just like I sense this anticipation that that this this is a year that God wants to do some things in some people's lives, and uh, He's moving right now. And, and I just want us to be kind of ready for that. And, and I know that we're right in the middle of Christmas. I, I went Christmas shopping this week. I, I actually found hell. It's called the Sourgrass Mills Mall during Christmas season. <laughs> There's weeping and gnashing of teeth going on there. I promise. Uh, I was one of those people that was weeping and gnashing their teeth. So, uh, But this is what I know is that like it, this is a season where it, it's crazy and things are going on and you're trying to get the right gifts for the right people and all those things. And sometimes we can miss out on the significance of Christmas. And we can miss out on what it is all about. And, and, and there's a lot of things, you know, we, we forget that Christmas is about a gift. 
and we make ways for a lot of gifts. We're, we're always looking for constant ways to find the perfect gift, the ultimate gift, the gift that's going to change people's lives. Sometimes people make it easier on you. My wife is one of those people that she, she helps a brother out. And so I was shopping at Sawgrass Mills Mall for some of our family. And, and so my husband, this, this is like, this is your, uh, my hope for you is that your wife sends you texts like this. Like, here's what I want. She sends me the boots that she wants, the price, the website. And uh, we don't have it up there because I, I, I put it off. But she actually said, hey, I'll just buy them for you too. And so it's like, it's like it's, now if she would just wrap them, that would be like the ultimate for me. But I mean, we're, we're not at that level. We're working our way there. Uh, but, but we all approach gifts differently. And, and we all want different things in the holiday season. I love Letters of Santa. I've been collecting them for years. And so I thought I'd read a couple to you. Uh, this one says, Santa, you didn't bring me anything good last year. You didn't bring me anything good the year before that either. This is your last chance. <laughs> Signed, Alfred. Alfred must be part of like Al-Qaeda because he's threatening Santa or something. I don't know. Here's another one. It says, Dear Santa, there are three little boys that live in our house. Jeffrey is two, and he's good some of the time. David is four, and he's good most of the time. Norman, he's seven, and he's good all the time. This is Norman. <laughs> Norm, Norman's already working the Christmas spirit right there a little bit. And, uh, but I, I found that we all have our own way of making a way for a gift. And, and I think this Christmas season, what God wants to do is he wants to give every single one of us a, a, a tremendous gift, a gift that, that will transform and translate all throughout our lives, and, and I really believe that he wants to do an incredible, incredible miracle in our lives. It could be something really big in your life, or it could be something maybe smaller in your life, but I really do that, believe that this Christmas season, uh, there, there's a miracle that, wants, that God wants to do in your life, and the greatest miracle of all time happened at Christmas time. It was Jesus, and so today I want to talk to you about how do we make way for the greatest gift this holiday season. And I know some people, they get upset when they hear the word happy holidays. Anybody like, but I want you to know something. Holiday, I, I love it when people say happy holidays because holiday stands for holy day. See, they don't have any idea what they're proclaiming, that this is about to be a holy day that's going to transform every single day of somebody's life. And so I get pumped up for holidays because Jesus is about to holler at their day. Anyways. So if you want to turn along in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, we're going to be hanging out there. We're going to be reading a, a, about this story. And, and last week, we kind of kicked off this, this kind of Christmas season. I talked about the fact that, uh, you know, I, I do believe that God wants to do a miracle. And all of us desire for God to do something in our lives this year. We want, we're expecting something from God. We're, we're hoping and we're longing. We're, maybe for some of us, the miracle that we need is a financial miracle. For others of us, maybe we're going through some health difficulties right now. And we need God to show up and show off when it comes to the health arena of our life. For others of us, it's, it's some relational difficulties. We know that we're about to encounter that family member that we don't get along with. And God needs to show up in a major, major way so that we can deal with them. Maybe even so that they can see Jesus in our lives this year. And so I don't know what it is that you're hoping for or you're longing for. Maybe, maybe you're just hoping that your kids will come home this Christmas. I don't know what it is, but I believe that 
God wants to do a different thing in every one of our lives. But here's what I know is if we don't have our heart prepared and ready to receive what God wants to do, we could miss out on the miraculous in our lives. And so in Luke chapter 2, what's happening, this is eight days after Jesus' birth. And so what's happening is, is Mary and Joseph have got to bring Jesus to the temple for a purification. It's also where circumcision would happen for young Jewish boys. That was part of the, the, the law that was in place for them. And so at the temple, they encounter a guy named Simeon. So in verse 25, it says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, the word Messiah there literally means leader or savior. And so the Hebrew people, they're waiting for a savior to come and deliver them from the oppression that has been on them. God has kind of been silent for the last couple hundred years, and they're waiting, they're longing, they're, they're, they're hungering and thirsting for the miraculous to happen in their life. They're, they're looking for freedom to take place, just like many of us are looking for that in some avenue, form, or fashion for our life. And so this guy, Simeon, he is in tune with what God is doing. He's, he's been seeking God. He's been longing for more of God. And because of that, he isn't going to miss out on the miracle, which is the Messiah. It's the greatest miracle that he was hoping for in all of his lives. And so I believe that if we want to experience the miracle in our lives this, this season, and we, we can't get too caught up in the busyness of Christmas that we miss out on the most important thing. So if you're taking notes, number one, what Simeon can teach us is we need to prioritize our partnership with God. We've got to prioritize. Uh, you could also replace that with relationship with God. And there have been some great partnerships throughout the years. I know that Star Wars just came out this week. Anybody Star Wars fans? Star Wars fans out there, a couple. Uh, maybe one of the greatest partnerships that was ever out there. Han Solo and Chewbacca, great partnership. Maybe, maybe you guys aren't really into like kind of that sci-fi Star Wars stuff. So maybe let me give you more of a Christmassy one. Santa and Rudolph. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you drive my sleigh tonight? You know, great, great partnership. I, I kind of like this partnership best. Batman and Robin. It's the ultimate partnership. I'm Batman. You know, it's just awesome. And so, uh, but here's what I want, to think, want us to think about. In the busyness of everything that is this Christmas season, is God your partner or is God just a consultant in your life? Is God your partner? Is he the Lord and Savior and leader of your life? Because in every single partnership, there's always somebody that's leading the way and somebody that's following the way. Or is he just a consultant that when things are going sideways, like I need to throw a prayer up to him, or when, when, when life isn't, is handing me lemons, maybe I'll address him in this moment, or when I'm about to take off on a plane, you know, it's a good time for me to, to kind of acknowledge God in that moment, or maybe uh, students that are here, maybe it's right before that test that you didn't, haven't studied for that you throw up the Hail Mary prayer. God, help me to remember everything that I didn't put in my mind in Jesus' name. And God is faithful that he will not give you that. <laughs> is he your consultant? Or is he your partner? And I think about my own life and I think about 
the fact that there are some days where, where honestly, God has been a consultant for me. Then there's other days where, where God is 100% my partner in life. There have been days that I realize that uh, I get to the end of my day, and as I'm laying down, I'm like, man, I, I haven't even acknowledged God today. I know some of you are like, whoa, you're, you're supposed to be a pastor. You're supposed to just read your Bible and, and drink coffee all day. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. But I'm just like you. I, 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 like, I love my wife. Uh, I like sweets and, and, and college football. You know, that's normal. I'm normal. And what I found is when I just kind of consult God as, as I throw kind of the Hail Mary, God, sorry, I forgot you today. Would you please, you know, bless my day before I fall asleep? That those days, for the most part, end up as pretty insignificant, just pain, unmemorable days. But the days that I wake up and I, I roll out of bed and, 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 and I pursue Jesus initially after I use the restroom because that's just normal. Uh, you know, after, like, and I go and I spend time with God and I go, God, hey, I want you to have control today. I don't want it to be my way. I want it to be your way. Open my eyes to see what you're seeing. Open my ears to hear the pleas and cries of people. Give me some insight into what you're doing and, and help me to follow you. I find that it's in those days that as I'm going throughout my day, people will come to my mind and I'll be like, man, I need to text them or give them a phone call. And it's in that moment that I call them. They're like, man, I'm just going through hell at the moment. And it's a God-ordained moment that you call me. And I'm like, exactly. Because I've been partnering with God and these, these days be, become very, very significant in those moments. It's, and it's, it's in those days that my attitude towards people, my attitude towards life and the direction of my life are very clear and very concise and very meaningful. And the conversations I have are impactful in those moments. And I share all that because I want to challenge us in the midst of the craziness and the chaos of Christmas that we would take a moment and every single day that we would make a choice that, you know what, I'm not going to consult God today, but I'm going to partner with God. I'm going to make him the priority of my life. And as you do that, I believe that God will show up and there will be God-ordained moments and opportunities for miracles to take place in your life. Some of them are going to be big, some of them are going to be small, but they're all significant. In fact, we've been in our 12 days of serving over the last couple of days. For those of you that have been participating with us, man, we've been having a blast. On Tuesday night, we went out and we served with First Church in Coral Springs. They have their big event called Bethlehem. And so all of our volunteers were out there doing the, the parking lot. They were directing traffic. And somehow I got stuck in the breezeway, uh, which I was okay with because all of their volunteers disappeared. And so I was the main greeter for every person that was coming through Bethlehem. I was like, what's up? I was just loud and obnoxious, which is perfect. That's the perfect role for me to play. And, and I was high-fiving people. I'm like, are you excited to be here? Are you? Are you excited? And I was doing that to this lady. And I was like, are you excited? And she's like... I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, you better get excited. And then I was like, what's up? How are you doing to this other lady? And, and she's like, I, I guess okay. And I'm like, why are you just doing okay? Not that that's not intimidating or anything. <laughs> and she goes, nobody's ever asked me that. 
I said, well, what's going on? She goes, well, my dad just passed away. And so it's, it's not going real good. And I said, well, you're here for a reason. I said, can I pray for you right now? It's the secret word. Can I pray for you? And listen, I'm not a good prayer. I don't even know if that's a word. That tells you how good I am at it. Prayer. And so I just, I prayed for this lady. And I promise you at the end of that prayer, and it wasn't a good prayer. I mean, it was, it was good in, from my perspective. Uh, but at the end of that prayer, that lady's entire countenance was different. And what seemed insignificant as a crazy hello turned into a miracle for her life. And I say that not just, not because I'm special, but I think that if we don't slow down in our lives a little bit and prioritize that partnership with God, that we miss out on all the small things that are really huge things in people's lives. So what can we do to get ready for that? What can we do for ourselves to be ready for those moments? And there's a quote by a, a pastor named Craig Rochelle. He uh, pastors LifeChurch.tv, and, and it says this. I actually put it up here uh, for you guys, maybe. It says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. You want to be prepared for God to do the miraculous? Successful people do consistently what other people only do occasionally. And so, so what happens in life is, is we, we just throw kind of the Hail Mary, kind of like, God, you're my consultant out there, and we wonder why God isn't doing the miraculous in our life. And God's saying, man, if you'll be consistent with me, you'll start to see where I'm setting up miracles for your life to happen all the time. In fact, uh, let me give you this example of just how big of a change doing something consistently will change your life. Uh, there's, there's this whole entire thing of these guys, they're, they're terrible athletes. In fact, they have no athletic ability whatsoever. And one day, one of the guys decided, hey, I want to play, I want to get good at ping pong. And for the next year, every single day, this guy played ping pong. And there's actually YouTube videos. You can go watch it. They, they, they speed it up. But this guy starts off, and he is terrible. Like, he can't even hit the, the ball. He can't make it over the net. When he does, it's like going over there. I mean, just the, like, the guy has no athletic ability whatsoever. Like, he should have crocheted or something. And, uh, and so, so he starts playing ping pong every day. And every day, he's getting up there, and he's just, he's just playing. Uh, a couple months go by, he's getting better. About 10 months in, you see videos of the guy, and the guy is like Forrest Gump. You know what I'm saying? He's like, bam, bam, like playing the Chinese in the world championships of the world. By the end of the 12 months of this guy playing ping pong every single day, he's entering tournaments all over the world and playing with the best players. Why? Because successful people do consistently what other people only do occasionally. And if we would make a choice to go, you know what, I'm going to give my life to something more meaningful than ping pong, God would probably show up and show off. 
And I think that if we were to apply that to our spiritual lives and go, you know what, today, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend a couple minutes, I'm going to spend some time in prayer, I'm going to connect with the creator of the universe, then I'm going to get into his word, which is alive and active. This isn't some old, outdated book. This book is alive and it's speaking and it'll speak to you. You want to hear God's voice, read this book out loud. And all of a sudden, what you start doing consistently, you'll start to see God showing up in ways that you've never experienced because other people are just grabbing this occasionally and wondering why they're not having those kind of experiences. And so I want to encourage all of us in the Christmas season, prioritize our relationship with God. And you might be surprised by the miracles God starts doing in and through your life all around you. Secondly, slow down to the pace of grace. Slow down to the pace of grace. We, we live in a culture that we're all about getting there faster, quicker, more than ever before. In fact, I was looking at the Guinness Book of World Records this week, and I actually found the guy that created the fastest shopping cart in the world. That shopping cart right there goes 70 miles per hour. How many of y'all don't have your Christmas shopping done? Might need to hit him up. Crazy. Uh, uh, there's, there's a lady in the UK that puts up uh, her Christmas tree the fastest in the world. 36.89 seconds, world record holder. It looks something like that. I don't really know what it looks like. I, did, I couldn't find a picture of it, but I imagine just throw, it looks like crap is thrown on it. I don't know. And then uh, just recently on Jimmy Kimmel, they had a guy uh, put on the most Christmas sweaters as fast as they could. And, and this guy, Guillermo... <laughs> He is the king of Christmas sweaters. He has on 25 Christmas sweaters right there. <laughs> What's interesting is, is I think this is how Christmas feels for most of us. We feel like we're trying to pack so much stuff in. We're like, I can't even move. Like, I've got so much going on. There's so many layers of things that are happening. That we forget to get intentional about slowing down. And what we're doing is we're just trying to pack more and more in and on our lives. Like we get so busy trying to make Christmas happen that we miss the miracle of Christmas happening in us. Continuing on in verse 27, it says, that day the Spirit led him, talking about Simeon, to the temple. And, and so I asked myself the question, why was Simeon there? He's there because he's so tuned in with God. He realizes that there is something that is drawing him to that place, and he doesn't want to miss out on what God is doing. And so he, he steadies himself and says, man, I'm going to make this a priority in my life. There's a lot of other things I could be doing. There's a lot of other places that I could be. But I'm going to choose to slow down to the pace of grace of what God is doing so I don't miss out on the experience of the miracle that he wants to have for me. It says, so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. So Simeon slowed down enough to experience the miracle that was right before him. I, I often wonder for our lives in this season, if we were to slow down and instead of trying to accomplish so much, if we would just embrace a childlike faith in this season. 
Jesus encouraged every follower to have faith like a child. To not worry about all the hustle and bustle and commotion that's going on, but to take a step back and take a deep breath in those moments. Remember that we have this God that is our heavenly Father who loves each and every one of us, and we are all his children. We're his kids. And he asks us to have faith like a child trusts their parent. Now, I don't know about you, but as a kid, um, I, I, was, I was pretty crazy. Um, my mom called me stupid, but uh, like they're similar. Um, and, and so I, I remember this one time I was, I don't know if I was six, seven, or eight years old. I was somewhere in that range. And I was on the roof of our house. I have no idea why I was on the roof of our house, what I was doing up there, how I got up there. All I remember is I was on the roof of our house and my dad was down below. And he was facing the other direction. And I remember as a kid yelling, Dad, catch me, as I ran and took off and jumped off the roof of our house towards my dad. I don't remember my dad catching me. I remember him breaking my fall. Uh, <laughs> that's why my mom called me stupid. <laughs> so that's, that's a totally different message. We'll work on that. Uh, but why would I ever do that? Because I had a trust in my father. I think God is challenging all of us in this season. Like, listen, just have a childlike faith and trust that there's something incredible that I have planned for you. That if you'll just, if you'll lead to me a pace of grace, that I'll do something miraculous in your life. I, I, I read this this week, and it, it's called, I Want to Become a Kid Again. It says, I want to go back to when being old referred to anyone over 20. When a decision was made by going any, meeny, miny, mo. I wish those days were around. When it was magic when your dad would remove his thumb. <laughs> when it was a big deal when you were finally tall enough to ride the big people rides at the amusement park. When abilities were discovered because of a double dog dare. When spinning around and getting dizzy and falling down was the cause for laughs. When a playing card in the spokes of a bike transformed a bike into a motorcycle. When ice cream considered one of the four major basic food groups. And when the worst thing you could catch from the opposite sex was cooties. You know, people say that Christmas is for kids. And, and I would submit to you that Christmas is for everybody. It isn't just something that's designed for kids, but it's designed for every single one of us. And what God wants from all of us is to embrace this childlike faith and prioritize our partnership with him and, and slow down. And just slow down to the pace of grace in this season. And I understand it's hard to slow down. I have a, I have a constant need to win everything in life. Does anybody else have that need? Like, I, I'm at, I go to a grocery store, and I count the other people so that when I get in line, I can beat them. Anybody else have that problem? Does anybody else even know what I'm talking about? If you don't, let me explain it to you. So, like, I'll go to a grocery store, and I'll look for how many people are in that line, how many people are in this line. I'll count, and I'll find out what number I am in the same line in the different ways, and, and I'll race. And I'll get to the end of the line, and I'll turn to my wife, and I'll say, we won. And she'll be like, won what? And I'll be like, just trust me, we won. Uh, 
because I'm in a hurry all the time. In fact, when I was at Sawgrass Mills, uh, we, I, I was in a store and they had all these registers open and, and people were making beelines for the line because the lines were turning into like, like marathons. It's like 13.2 miles to get to the, the register. And so I'm making a beeline for one of the lines that looks shorter. And a lady and I meet there at the same time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I looked at her and she looked at me and then I cut her off and I just went, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I wanted to cut her off. I just, let's be honest. I mean, it's like, somebody please kill me right now. Uh, and I remember getting there at the same time, and we're looking at each other like, who's supposed to go? And, you know, because there, there is no chivalry anymore, so, you know, it's not, it's not like ladies first anymore. It's, it's just survival of the fittest. And, uh, and so I, 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 it's like in that moment I heard God say, you, you, you can slow down. And I was like, ma'am, you, you can go ahead. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, go for it. And, uh, <laughs> and for the next three hours, we talked about whether she should wear the red dress or the black dress to her cocktail party, uh, literally, uh, as we stood in line. And, and, and this is the amazing thing. When I slowed down to the pace of grace, by the end of that conversation, I was inviting her to our Christmas Eve service. And she's like, Man, I would love to come to church. Nobody has invited me this Christmas season. So I think that as we go through this season, it's important to slow down. Let somebody get in front of you at the grocery store. Give up your parking spot that you've been driving around the mall for for three hours and that person has put their blinker on at the same time you did. It's okay. You can go out a couple extra hundred yards. The exercise won't hurt you, I promise. Here's a big one. Drive the speed limit. <laughs> Slow down to the pace of grace. And see if God, if you don't start to get the sense that he's working, that he's moving, that he's creating opportunities to do the miraculous in your life. Remember, Jesus walked slowly through the crowds. The reason he walked slowly through the crowds so he could look around, and he could see, and he could hear the people around him. Because he knew life wasn't just about himself. And number three, share your greatest miracle. Verse 34, it says, Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, this, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. The word sign is literally translated as miracle there. So what happens is that Simeon gets to experience the miracle of Christ's birth because he's tuned in to what God is doing in that moment. He's slowed down to the pace of grace. Now all of a sudden, he is holding the Messiah, the sign for all the world to experience what God has for them in this season. You know, signs are an important thing. Signs point us to places. 
They direct us to places. He said the miracle of this season is to direct not only you, but others to the reason for the season. Which is Jesus Christ. And the miracle that God wants to do in your life and through your life is to point you and other people to him. You know, and this is one of the greatest opportunities for you to point and direct people to Jesus. And I understand that not all the time do we have a great story to tell, but we do have a great invitation. We have an invitation to a life that can change anyone's life. In fact, I was talking with a, a couple that just moved to New York City. They were a, a part of our church. They, they actually, they started coming last November, December. And uh, this woman had been going through all kinds of different things. And, and she had given her life to Jesus. And they just moved down here for, from New York. And, uh, and somebody invited her to our Pompano Beach campus. And her husband had been making fun of her faith and wanting nothing to do with it, but he started seeing God move in her life and the transformation that was taking place in her life. He was seeing the miracle of, of her confidence going up, her, her, her stability mentally just rising, and all of a sudden, she, she having hope in her life. And so after she got this invitation, she begged her husband, Dan, to come to church, and, and they started coming into church, and, and she was telling me that week by week, We'd come to church and, and, and he'd be like, I don't believe any of this stuff. But he started applying everything that we were talking about every week. He's like, he's like I, I went home and I did it and it worked. Like they told me to do this and I did that. And like God did something this week. I don't know what that means or anything. And he's like, I still don't believe. She said they came to church on, on Christmas Eve and that's, that is actually a, a Saturday last year. That's Saturday. Dan gave his heart to Jesus. They have six kids. They said over the next two months, God just started radically reshaping their lives. And, and in February, they got water baptized together. And, and as that was going on and as they were following God, everything started changing. In fact, she, she, the reason it came up is because she posted this on Facebook. And I, I hate Facebook, but they make me go on there. And this was the book that he would always throw in her face. God is not great, how religion poisons everything. And she said, man, that is the biggest lie that we ever believed. And as soon as my husband saw the signs of God happening, he couldn't help but deny that God was real. And our lives are forever changed because of that right now. She said, what's amazing, Pastor TJ, is now that our family is watching us and they're going for the very first time. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want to know more about this God that you're following. Why? Because the miracle that God wants to do in your life is to be a sign to point others to him. It's a great opportunity for us to prioritize our partnership with God, to slow down to the pace of grace and share the greatest story ever told. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, we come before you today and I thank you that you're a God who...